weekly podcast that critiques and memes music. I'm your host, Vincent, aka Hot Take 21 Pilots version of Cancer is actually better than uh, My Chemical Romance is original. That's a that's a hot take that because hot it's take. incorrect. It's I, I I don't stupid. I don't hate My Chemical Romance. Look, I want it fits, I want, it fits I want the mood you, for what that album is. I want you to the next time, Mister. Our Lord and Savior, Mr. Fantano, does uh let's argue. I I'm not going to post that on there so that he can fucking destroy you. I don't like care. the fool you are. I don't think there's a hundred percent. If you like the original, that's fine. That's a good song. Because you had to get the original to get Twenty One Pilots' better version, yeah, which fits the more atmosphere. Look, sometimes mood. that, but like, sometimes also My Chemical Romance's version is part of one of the best pop rock slash emo albums of all time. One of the best just general rock albums of all time. Like especially within like the last couple of decades, which Twenty One Pilots has not reached. Has so not. They reached. have that. Their their last one was was good. It wasn't wasn't it wasn't was that. not Black Parade good. It was more like uh, like Gray Parade. Yeah, Grayscale Parade. Yeah, it was on the grayscale. Um, it was not all the way to black, but it was it was around the middle of the grayscale. And I'm joined by my retentive co-host, my best friend, my pal, my amigo, my Druke, Jonathan, aka Princess Nakia Engage. Do you get that reference? Yes. Okay. I, I just making sure. I know sometimes you don't get my AKAs. I, I just I double checking. Just Whenever double- I don't get it, I usually ask you what the fuck you're talking about, or I change it. <laughs> I think you should always say it and be like, "That's a good joke, Vincent." And I'll be I like, won't. "Yes, Jonathan, that was a very I good joke." I won't do that. Uh, this is episode one thirty three of the Anthony and Todd Show, an episode we would like to call "Fury of a Dead Man Should Have Followed Her Own Advice and Said Nothing." I don't have a problem with that. Actually. I don't know, I'm kind of glad this album exists. It's, it's a, this is an album that I cannot recommend you listen to it's highly not a, it's enough, not a, but it's, because it's so hilariously It's not bad. an honorable, atro- or what do we call it, central atrocity. I'd say it is. I, I, it's I an atrocity, it. and it's an essential listen because of how hilariously bad it is. I think it has elements of it, but it isn't there. I I, I cannot recommend listening to the Fury of a Dead Man album more because if you enjoy things that are terrible and hilariously bad because of how hilariously bad they are, give it a listen because you won't be disappointed. It's amazing. Okay, today we're going over a bunch of new and uh, kind of old, semi-new not, releases not, from the likes old. of Princess Nokia with Everything is Beautiful, but also Everything Sucks. Like, like, like after after the Super Tuesday results, everything sucks. We also have Hollywood Undead with New Empire Volume One. Everything does suck. We're gonna get a Volume Two. <laughs> Hope not. Uh, volume also, Two Twenty Twenty. Also, Mark Kozalek, Ben Boy, and Jim White team up on Mark Kozalek with Ben Boy and Jim White. Two. Two. So this isn't the original Jim White. This is actually his son, Jim White the <laughs> Second. That was a good one. I was going to say Father Stretch my Mark Kozlik with Ben Boy and Jim White, too. <laughs> and then also, Theory of a Dead Man. Say nothing. I truly wish that said nothing. Uh, before we start, if you want to follow the Anthony and Todd show on social media, find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Anthony and Todd. You can find us at YouTube.com forward slash Anthony and Todd show, Patreon.com forward slash Anthony and Todd show, and you want to support us monetarily. And uh, Popbeam, Stitcher, Google Play Podcast, App Podcast, Spotify. Spotify, Tumblr, Twitch streaming, Twitch streaming, Pornhub, Pornhub, 
you porn. No, we're classy. We're classy. Whatever your only, favorite. Only the classiest porn, of the porn websites. Does Pornhub have podcasts? I think they would. I've, I don't know. I don't think they would be erotic. I think they would be like talking about. Like, is, I know there's like podcasts about like the porn industry and like the inner workings of it. I feel like maybe. <laughs> maybe? <laughs> We gotta do some research. We're doing some research. Uh, uh, nobody left any comments on that video when I was asking for your favorite. So now uh, you have to go to the your, dark your, web. Whatever your favorite podcast service is, type the Anthony and Todd show in it. I uh, try. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe Podbean forwarder um, service. Leave a comment. Does Pornhub have uh, podcasts? Whatever your favorite podcast service, type the Anthony and Todd show in it. That's Unless it. it's Pornhub. That's we done. haven't gotten there yet. That, that's that's it. That's none of the nonchalant. That doesn't matter. Nonchalant. Why did I say that? That I doesn't matter. I think, I think I'm think you're looking sh- for the word uh, irrelevant. Um, no, I think I just had a stroke. Uh, well, that's irrelevant to this conversation. No, it is. It, it relates to porn. <laughs> you had a stroke because of Pornhub. Was was the porn that good? Porn so good. I had a stroke. I hate you. Uh, <laughs> time to go over the latest. Leave yourself open for this shit. You should just expect it at this point. All no, right. I did, but like for at some point, I thought like you were gonna like acknowledge the joke, but you kept on like acting like it wasn't mm-hmm. there, which yep. made it worse. Yep. Like you thought it was actually having a stroke. No, I knew you were having a stroke. Which if for if I was up in there in age, possibly because you can go cross-eyed, mm-hmm. and then that leads. No, the I got stroke the joke. The joke about like stroking your penis because no. you're watching porn. No, it was that's actually, the other stroke joke. No, it was actually having a stroke. You joke, were actually having yeah, a stroke. That was the joke. I was gonna call hundred percent ambu- real. Should I call an ambulance or should I let you die and then I can take over this podcast? <sighs> Time to go over the latest Princess Nokia albums. Everything is beautiful. Also, everything everything sucks. Yeah, everything does suck. Currently. I listened to these in the opposite order. Actually, I did everything sucks, and then everything is beautiful. And I actually think it flows better that way. I I think it, I liked it better the other way because I did. Think you listen to it both ways. I listened. No, I liked it. I think I personally would like it better. Everything is beautiful. Everything sucks because that's what I listened to it to. As. Well, well, I'm but fine. I think the reason I like it, I think I would like it better that way, is because I think the better materials on the first half. <laughs> Um, and like also for me i have the attachment of our last dp mm-hmm. and i was like i think the f- like everything sucks sets it up to where it's like it's better but it's like i don't know like the f- everything is beautiful set it up to where i'm like okay she has potential and she feels confident in her own environment and then everything sucks and i'm like okay this is a misstep but also at the same time it's like better than she was you yeah. I don't think I would. I, I think I, I think, may have been. I think just the way everything sucks with how like kind of starts slowing down for just a kid flows into like everything is beautiful better than doing it the opposite direction. Yeah, that's probably fine. plus also one of them ends with the phrase of a conclusion, which kind of feels like a conclusion to the whole thing. <laughs> just a conclusion to that one album. I'm pretty sure it's a conclusion to everything. Just her career, yeah, because she's yeah. she's well, done, and then she was like, ah, oh, psych, other album other on album. the same day. <laughs> Uh, time to go, or we already said, Princess Nokia is a New York MC who's mostly known for, uh, back in 2017, releasing a deluxe version of her 1992 mixtape. I, I found it in the storage unit the other day. No, like, why do you have it right now? I don't care about, like, Because it was on my desk. Okay, I don't even want the whole If it distracts you, 
if it distracts you, I'm sorry, but I have ADHD. So I just, this I is hate, I hate that shade of yellow. Like, okay, I'll put it right in your face. Please don't. Um, who uh seemed like she had a really a rocket strapped to her back at the time because it seems like she was just gonna get more popular and more it's popular. Dangerous. Uh, yeah, it is very dangerous. But uh, I I thought she was literally the next artist to be. I thought she was uh bold, inspiring, different. Uh, I really couldn't say anything but praise about her 1992 project. And then she released uh, A Girl Cried Red in 2018, which is like an EP mixtape uh, that was emo rap and had all the cliches of where emo rap was back in early 2018. And uh, a dark place. It was, it was a bad place, just like musically bad. Yeah. Not, not her mental state, just the place the, the music. of the music. The, that, bad. that genre dark place dark place yeah dark place. um it was just bad it was just it didn't seem like her it didn't seem like she was trying she seemed like she just rewrote the same track and used the same performance over and over again until everything was almost cliche as the genre was at that current point um then all artists like rico nasty doja cat came out and kind of took niches i thought she kind of filled or at least became more prevalent in those niches so i was really interested in seeing where this project would lead her because I don't, if she would get publicity off of it, if she would get more acknowledgement off it, because it's kind of similar to 1992 in some regards. I'm not going to say it's the same project, but I think her seems more atoned to that. The personality seems more atoned to that, uh, even though there's completely different ends at points and uh, either being genuine or completely uh, manically weird. Uh, I, I think she seems more at home on this and it's nice to see her, even though I think some ideas on this or a decent amount of ideas on both these projects are, are, are fails. Um, and these maybe would have been better as one project slimmed down, but two EPs just kind of collected. I don't together. even think two EPs. I think if you combine both of them to one album, it slimmed down a lot of the track listing. Either way. What I like about Princess Nokia is I like. I don't know. There's the versatility to her. I think we get that from both projects, but it's better when you have the track list that's more versatile. Because yeah. like while everything's beautiful, it's more appeasing, and it's supposed to be of the track listing, and it feels more focused, and it's a little bit more different with the various types of uh, bass and piano and like retro video game style synths that it uses, yeah. and this like welcoming nature. Also, some like jazz inspired moments and some like, awesome Terrence Martin guitars on one of the tracks. I I think it, it it doesn't have the person the versatility of her character at times. Yeah, and where everything sucks has bits of that. But I don't know. I just feel like if they had com- like kind of doing similar to like what Igloo Ghost did, if they're all last two EPs. Yeah, where like they're clearly meant to go together and like be released together and like listen to together, but still like separate it out because otherwise you kind of end up having like kind of what Denzel Curry did where he. Had the three different parts of taboo, taboo but then like people were like, "Well, if this is supposed to get progressively dark, like why does this fit into this spot instead?" So if you had separate them out, I feel yeah. like you kind of eliminate that aspect that's, of people criticism. So like that's why I feel like maybe just two EPs instead of like one complete album. But I say four EPs, each two tracks. <laughs> so they're just seven inches. <laughs> so, so singles basically seven four inches. <laughs> I say. Eight seven inches. That that would be actually a pretty good concept, actually. Like that's just now you're just basically getting into how like early punk bands released music. No, but like like very I don't know, that'd be interesting because we have a like 
various ways because like Kevin Abstract did the three EP thing. Yeah. Uh, that turned into Arizona, and I just waited till Arizona. It was Arizona baby, but uh, Moses Sumdi did Gray Part One, which me and Trevor reviewed. Um, but that I think is completely different because that's a full album yeah. to something. I feel I I fear a little bit that maybe if I listened to it all at once, it may have been bloated because I don't think I don't think that album's bloated by any means. But I just still sometimes with double albums, you have that fear of overstaying your welcome yeah. with your environment. And Moses somebody's not one to get into too atmospheric territory. He's more just a emotional soul. Yeah. So I like the idea of him releasing the parts because I think. I don't know. Combining them only makes them a positive rather than the individual ends. Because yeah. I think that thing just worked as an isolated bit. So now we go into a new isolated bit. Maybe it's a bit different. And it makes each end have more of a purpose, whether yeah. it's just like, oh, double LP. Yeah. Um, which is this. This has both ends. I yeah. think that's something you're getting at. Is has both Basically, ends it has both more, ends. Have make more purpose. But both like albums just feel way too stretched thin. There's aspects of these albums where it's just kind of not really adding anything new. Like especially like the first three tracks on Everything Sucks just feel like an extension of I, I honestly the same idea. I honestly think the first three tracks on both of these progressively Princess Nokia gets more into character. Not to yeah. say that the production or the hooks follow by any means. Um but I think she progressively gets more comfortable herself as time goes on. Yeah, so like maybe just pick the third one from all of these because <laughs> especially like with like i don't know it's just everything here feels like there's a good idea hidden this and like it's a good idea like as a whole but like when you just take that one idea and just stretch it way thinner than that one idea can carry it just kind of turns into a, a why yeah and i think that's like the biggest issue of this group of albums is that it's while there's nothing, well, some there are some things that are like kind of a little off, yeah, like within the music, but like it's just everything here is just it's it's because it's so stretched thin, like so many of the tracks just feel like repetitions, yeah, previous tracks. So if you had like cut it down to where like only getting the highlights from each of these different groupings, yeah. it would have been a better experience overall. Like, like I was saying, like, like Crazy House and Welcome to the Circus and Harley Quinn, they use all are basically just the same basic idea, even presented in like pretty similar ways yeah just weird for being weird yeah and like gross kind of hits that but hits it like in a slightly different way that's like makes it stand yeah. out from those first. uh first album i get shades of lizzo at least for production mm. that like very welcoming bouncy uh positive energy in the production with the bass and the keys and how they blow them and they just seem so welcoming um, but also on the second half, I weirdly, I was trying to figure out the entire, entire time who she sounded like. And I was like, oh, it's Denzel Curry. Like, yeah. and that's a high praise because I feel like she, not to say she used some of the same cadence as awesome, but it, it's just that same energetic, uh, unstoppable flow. And she seems like she's just a dynamic force yeah. to be tested. Uh, and she was tested on that particular side of the double album whatever this is yeah um where i think a lot of times she was over very very boring production mm -hmm. like i'm trying to for, i think it's practice which you can say maybe the theme of it is her just getting some reps but also at the same time it is the most boring trap beat i've heard in a long while yeah it just does not work there are we, also points where um their vocals sounded a little bit like 
not like just like the flow, but like the actual like the sound of the vocals themselves. Sound like some of the like voices that Dorian Electra does. Yeah. Oh, on uh, Crazy House, the yeah. whole entire thing tracks built around the hook, and she does the weird Nicki Minaj type. Yeah, I was also gonna say Nicki Minaj <laughs> type thing. Um, the first half, I think, it has some very fun moments in production, and it seems a little bit more lighthearted. She seems as time goes on, it gets more confident. She I feel seems, like saying first. Ha- are you talking about like the album or like first half? The like, first, the first album. Okay, I feel like it said say first half because there's like not a definitive like which way to do this. Maybe specify which yeah. album we're talking about. I think everything is beautiful. It, it progresses a little bit more better. She's more confident. We get some better moments. I love blessings and Sunday's best. She just feels like she's she's over more confident production. Mm. She seems like herself. It doesn't repeat any ideas that we haven't. It doesn't repeat any ideas we've seen yet. And then the conclusion, I think, is just a nice little isolated, beautiful moment. To end the double album. To end kind of the double album, but I think just to end that album in general. Uh, Where Everything Sucks has just a kid where she's talking about how I I think it's her parents both died. Then her grandmother who was raising her died. Her mom died and her dad was like unavailable because of like drug addiction. Um, Something wrong wrong with nature. I'm sorry. Um, And... Then she got into, uh, she got adopted, and then she was abused, and like everything she's saying has a very, uh, a re- not a relatable purpose, but a very you can empathize with her. My biggest problem is I, I think something is off about the performance. Mm-hmm. I think everything she says has legitimacy to be said, and it makes complete sense, and I can express empathy for it. But I think the tracks itself, it drops a lot at the last minute in an album that's been very kind of not it's been like everything sucks so there's been harsher production harsher sound stranger performances uh more emo environments at times yeah but it 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 hasn't been more about how everything has affected her and not to say that she couldn't say that mm-hmm. but like i don't i i find that moment just very hard because yeah. it doesn't leave that particular album with a conclusion of any type. Yeah. Not that she needs to find uh, a realization and, oh, this makes sense now or anything like that. But it's just more, I feel like she drops a lot in at a very short, yeah. small amount of time at the end. Yeah. And it's just very... It's a weird placement. And her performance isn't the most interesting on it. Yeah. Her flow isn't super distinctive. It, it just comes off as like probably very emotionally hard to write for her or perform for her, but at the same time, it doesn't come off as gripping yeah. the material. While the uh, th- I can empathize with her, I just think she isn't in gripping in that track. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I have to have to say about this. I think uh, everything's beautiful. It its faults aren't the, are some of the more repetitive in nature, but mm-hmm. at the same time, her, her performance consistently gets better, and she gets more confident with herself as time goes on. I think you can say uh, some t- some environments on both these projects have signs of the contemporaries yeah of whether it's like i think sometimes she gets into denzel curry Lizzo, um whether it's in performance or production but also like i think rico nasty who's kind of part of the zeitgeist i don't think that's original to like uh her trying to make music in that style i think it's more just where the contemporary at spaces yeah um so she's not as distinctive as she could be but i think she she shows super ton of more potential than she did on her last project and it seems like she's going in a generally good direction uh the second project it just gets bogged down with kind of some boring production more repetitiveness and sometimes she doesn't hit the nail on the head um i really wish i can say more i think 
both these projects have faults they should have been slimmed down but i think on the first half it's a little it's easy to digest second half it gets bogged and tiresome uh, even though the first half uh, everything is beautiful is way more easy to consume or is even longer than the everything sucks yeah. uh can my scores if you tell me this right now i think everything is beautiful is like seven minus everything sucks is like uh five I was going to give them both a six. Okay. That's it's easy for me. Yeah, that's reasonable. Um, but moving forward to Everything Sucks, to an album that sucks, time to go over the latest Hollywood Undead album. New Empire. Volume, volume one. one. There's going to be more of these. It's it's almost like the last volume one. Two different volume. Well, we've only done one official volume one. The 1975 wasn't titled as volume one. But neither of those volume ones are that good. <laughs> but, um, so, Hollywood <laughs> Undead. L.A. Rap I'll, Rock. I'll, 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 oh, I'll you want to do the, the introduction? Intro you are the Hollywood Undead connoisseur. So when I was in middle school and high school, I fucked with this band. Like, hardcore. fuck this band. Every single member. No, most of the members are, like, to be honest, pretty fucking ugly. But... <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason they wear masks. <laughs> but no, um, I was into this band, hardcore. Um, of all the bands from that era, that weird-ass fucking MySpace era of music, where every band was trying to create just the fucking dumbest combination of shit. This is where we got fucking shit like Crunkcore and like the weirdest fucking combinations of post-hardcore and screamo and metal and hip-hop and metalcore, and just everything, just trying to make this shitty goddamn combination. This was the, pretty much the only band from that era I listened to. And I was borderline obsessed with this band for a little while, for like a solid like <laughs> couple of years. Pretty much after their third album, I stopped giving a shit. But I could name, like every member could pick out which member was singing what, because they all had different vocal duties. <laughs> Um, I followed, like, the issues of, like, their first main vocalist, like, Deuce Leaving and all that shit. I tried listening to his solo album, but it was garbage, and I couldn't make it, like, halfway through. His album's fucking terrible. His whole career is fucking terrible. So, really into this band. But, uh, who, who is Hollywood Undead? Well, originally, Hollywood Undead was, uh, Deuce, who is also known as the producer, uh, J Free T, which is Johnny Free Tears, J Dog, Charlie Scene, Funny Man, and The Curls. Uh, eventually, there's also some other like person who only made like one song before he was kicked out of the band, so he doesn't really count. No one gives a shit about him, <laughs> even less than people still give a shit about Deuce. Um, eventually, Deuce was kicked out because he's an asshat, um, and then they replaced him with Danny, and then the Curls left like a couple years ago, I guess. That was after I stopped giving a shit. Um, but the band, looking back on their music now, their first album, the one that had Deuce, is truly garbage. <laughs> um... It's the worst album in their entire discography, which says a lot, because all their albums after that aren't really good. They have some, like, tracks. They have, like, standout tracks that are like, that kind of holds up, but then a lot of shit that, like, doesn't. But that one of Deuce is the absolute worst. And you can tell Deuce was definitely the worst part of the band, because after he left, their albums 
stopped com- being complete shit. But Deuce's solo album was complete shit. So you can tell Deuce definitely the problem in the band. There's definitely a good reason that he got. Well, kicked I don't out. think he was the only problem. He was the main problem. <laughs> I think maybe the genre. The genre. But like I was saying, within that genre, looking back on it and then trying to listen to some of like their contemporaries, especially within like crunk core, because I was like the main combination of like rap and hip hop that existed back then. Uh, did, I, did you hear Duke Deuce brought back crunk? Crunk ain't dead. I hope someone brings back crunk core. I really hope crunk core stays. Crunk ain't core ain't dead. If Rio Free releases a new album, I'm gonna fucking shoot. Myself. No, they've been releasing albums for years. They keep on Do putting they, them out. They, are they still? They haven't. Mu- they've still been making music for the last decade. Yeah. How is this allowed? <laughs> like in civilized society? Because everything sucks. Everything sucks. <laughs> but looking back on Hollywood, like I said, their albums are shit. But there's still like some like standout tracks that like hold up as like from that era, from that genre of like. That's okay. This is. Definitely better than the rest of the shit going on around them. So I could still listen to a cup like a handful of tracks off of like their second album and their third album. There's like maybe two off of their album with Deuce that are listenable and like hold up. Um, especially given that Deuce is also like the main lyricist, and that's why they get really fucking like offensively bad or just straight up offensive song lyrics like their repeated dropping of uh the f word slur or just the the infectiously horrible and well remembered song um uh, everywhere, everywhere i go, go bitches always know that charlie Sheen has got a weenie, weenie that, that he loves to show that they played that song uncensored on the radio they did a lot yeah it was crazy yeah like, they saw them to be completely uncensored, but then, like, somebody would say, like, God damn, and they would censor that, like, on a different song. It was fucking stupid. Yeah. But, um, so that album, shit. Their follow-up album, which is, um, American Tragedy, also pretty shit. But a lot more standable tracks, tracks that aren't offensive, tracks that you could actually listen to today's age and only slightly cringe. Um, and then their third album is probably like, I'd say their best album. It's got the least cringe, <laughs> but so get into uh, this, this new album, uh, new empire volume one, uh, Johnny free tears, whose name is actually George. Cause I just, okay. Uh, this is his, uh, his statement. This album is our attempt at reimagining Hollywood and the dead. Not just a new sound for this release, but a new sound for the band altogether. Our goal from the outset was to make music that stands alone from our other albums, which I will admit they actually do. Each album is pretty different. They're cringy in a different way, (laughs) (laughs) yet seamlessly fits with what we've made before. Building upon the old to create a new sound and a new empire. Volume one. Um, And I will admit, this is a definitely a new sound for the band. They're, They're... putting a lot more effort into the post-hardcore influence, a lot less into the new metal and rap rock. The rapping is much less on this album than it ever used to be. Their production is much more metal-focused than, like, the weird, like, merging of, like, hip-hop and rock focus that their earlier albums had. And this definitely might be their most thoroughly listenable album. The cringe on this album is not weird. near as bad as some of the cringe okay. on their previous. Can I, can I get real? Are you ready for my hot take about yeah. this album? 
I wanted more cringe. It, I wanted. I was going in this. I was, I'm I was like, about to say. I, I have. I have no expectations. I've never listened to a full Hollywood Undead album. All my memories based on uh, being twelve. Uh, and going to my friend's house across the street mm-hmm. um, and listening it and being like, this is just like not good. Like there's some catchiness to it, but it's not good. Yeah. At 12. Keep in mind, I listened to a lot of Limp Biscuit at 12 and other WWE theme songs. Those I thought were top tier music yeah. at 12. But Hollywood Undead. See, well, I, I. But this album is. It's. It's. It's so mediocre. That it's disappointing. <laughs> and I was actually about to say that. Because I wanted all cringe. Bring me, like, we review bad music. For We, we go into these Hollywood Undeads, these Theory of Deadmans, these Green Days, these Russes. These 93 to, Punks. These 93 Punks, because we want to experience, we love bad music. Yeah. We it is, it's truly an art. We hate ourselves. It, it's truly an art, and sometimes you get your Corey Feldmans mm-hmm. that completely mess up. Um, but this is just disappointingly not it's bad but it's yeah. not like there isn't anything noteworthy yeah besides i think they use the same distorted guitars there's one track on here that has a an edm uh feel like i think it's it? killing it yeah, yeah and that's bad like that's probably the worst track that's on here bad. uh the rapping is bad Always but i wanted been. more of that because all of them just sound like they listen to Eminem and Associates, so like Eminem and like various shady records associates yeah. like Slaughterhouse or like, I don't know, I keep on thinking of Joe Budden for some reason, but like, um, there's another one. There was another important one. Mm. No, because Royce is part of Slaughterhouse, so I guess, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. but actually I was going to say that. But it right, just right. sounds like they all sound like Eminem. Yeah. Like, just variously, like, that's only the rap. Or, like, people who have came through in the mainstream and, like, based their flow off Eminem. Yeah, and I was actually, before you cut me off, going to say that when I said this is their most listenable album, and for that reason, I hate this album. <laughs> because, as somebody who did listen to Hollywood... At the time, I also hated their first album. Like, even when I was young, I only liked their post-Deuce shit. Like, because I, even I recognized Deuce was a garbage-tier <laughs> person. post-Deuce shit. <laughs> I was just like, wow, you're just getting really full frontal in that. Yeah. <laughs> like, their po- like, even I recognized Deuce was a piece of shit with, like, a lot of, like, problems that he just needed to go. But I was remembering, like, looking back on this band before I, this album came out and I was going to listen to it. Like, I didn't listen to Highwood and Dead anymore, but I, like, would remember them and I would just, like, physically cringe. And I was like, ew. And I was like, well, maybe this album will be a great remembrance. I listened to this like, this isn't as cringy as I was expecting it to be. I was like, was I wrong about old Hollywood Undead? Was it just one of those things where I was like, I was so in tune to everybody telling me they were cringed. I just, they aren't actually that cringe. I listened to it. I was like, oh, no, they're still super fucking cringe. There's literally, you there how, how many, uh, like, collaborated or not how many collaborators how many members are on vocals on this um five there's there's five vocalists used to be six none of them none of them stand out from one another except for sometimes when they're rapping some of them sound worse well danny the, the, the last one the one who likes scenes like yeah. scene scenes no but like the last verse what whoever's on it i think on nightmare charlie sheen uh charlie charlie scene i'm sorry that's such a fucking dumb name yeah, I absolutely love it. Because um, remember, they but like that's the, the worst scene, first. scene, the scene phase of shit. That makes it even better. Yeah, that's why. That's, that's, that's where the name that's, comes uh, from. That's that's genius. He literally took he's, Charlie he's, Sheen and the fact that he was part of the scene movement and just combined them together. I thought he just really liked two and a half men. He might. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not him. 
Clearly, he doesn't have. But great he, taste. He, his verse at the end, I think it's his. I I don't care if I'm wrong in this. Or probably not. Ever I don't give any fucks tea. about this review. <laughs> I'm not professional <laughs> for this one. All I know is this is just disappointingly not as bad as I want it to be. Yeah, it should be a lot worse. <laughs> it just sounds like just like a mix of where like pop metal and post hardcore is at the point. It's yeah. very disappointing, bland place where it's like it's not truly unbearable into the treaches of metal we've gotten yeah like or all these other ideas like new metal or crunk core it's like not there but i want it to be yeah i want to be full in the crunk core i want crunk core to not be dead crunk core ain't dead crunk core should stay dead <laughs> and i think that's what i'll say about this band and about this album in general is hollywood undead is one of the few bands from that era that you can look back on and not have to cringe as bad because they were not fucking crunk core levels of shit. That being said, they're still bad. But this album, if you wanted that weird nostalgic cringe factor, like you wanted to like listen to something and think, wow, I was a truly a piece of shit back in the day. This album can't do that for you. So like, what's the point of this album? Like the people who are still holding on to like like people who still actually listen to this like it's similar enough to where they might get into it but like it's a very distinct change from their sound so they're probably not gonna be as into it as they are their older stuff if you hated this band like this album's not gonna give you that they truly kind of missed the audience on this yeah which is kind of there's no audience for this like and if you're like the thing this is most geared towards the people who are still into like kind of shit post-hardcore but you had never really been in that territory beforehand so they're not going to give your album a shot anyways so this is an album made for an audience who isn't going <laughs> to listen and like and that's the thing like i guess if you do like post-hardcore this isn't fucking refused shit level post-hardcore like last year's fucking what was it called? Like War Songs or whatever. I don't, I don't know. Fuck. That was that was a fucking terrible post hardcore album. It's not that level of bad. So if you want a post hardcore album to listen to, I guess give this one a fucking shot. You might get something out of it. But if you're a fan of Hollywood Undead for some reason, um, just listen to their old shit. Cause this isn't that similar anymore. And if you hated Hollywood Undead, just go listen to their old shit. Cause that's where they're at their most cringe. Keep my mouth scores be telling me this right now. I'm feeling uh. Too. I'm feeling a why. <laughs> That's a good score. Well, why? Why was this? I get trying to evolve as a band, but like you're Hollywood and dead. No one expects that from you. Yeah. Honestly, two is a, a teeny bit too low. Three. Yeah. Three is like that. Yeah. Uh, like it's just, a golden plate, which is makes it the most disappointing. I'd say like of the albums we listened to this week, this was not the one I had the most fun with because that was fiery of a dead man. That's so <laughs> hilariously bad. But this was probably the second most fun. I didn't. I had a weird enjoyment listening to this because I did like grow up in the post hardcore shit. It's more of the memories yeah. and the critiquing in your head that made yeah. this fun, not the music. Not the music. I actually, I think I had more fun going back and re listening to their old shit and just fucking cringing myself. That was fun. That was enjoyable. It was a brief moment of self hatred that was that keeps you going. <laughs> <sighs> the best reminds you of why waking up self-hatred in your cup exactly you have to do a little bit of cringy self-reflection to remind yourself that maybe you know growth is good and you should just keep getting better you should keep progressing not only in reality but also in politics you know what made this hollywood undead album better 
two other people, one named Ben Boy and one named Jen White II. Oh, no, I was going to say three other people, one oh. named Mark Kozlik, one named Ben Boy, and other named Jim White. Time to go over the latest. Imagine Mark that Kozlik. collaboration. Mark Kozlik and Hollywood Undead. Honestly, like, it would have been Lulu levels of amazing. Like, Way just bad. Just, just like... Mind-blowingly, yes. what That's the what I want to be. I want to, like, just... just this is fucking stupid. Just like I want your album to literally kill me inside. <laughs> I don't think I've it. ever listened to Foley and Lulu, so I, I think I may have to do that at some point. I have never been able to do the whole thing in one sitting. Never. I, I've I, always I, had to break it. I've up. listened to bits, but I don't think I've ever listened to the whole thing. I have listened to like a lot of things in entire sites. I've listened to every Logic album I've had to review in an entire setting. I've listened to. The Sun Kill Moon album I had to review, that like hour and a half long thing that was slow as shit. Listen to that in an entire setting. I listened to 93 Punks in an entire setting multiple times. Um, I listened to Fury of a Dead Man in an entire setting. I listened to Green Day in an entire setting. Well, those are also like 20 minute projects. Yeah, but still. But like, point being is though, I could listen to some really awful, cringy shit. I've never been able to listen to the entirety of Lulu in one setting. Because, like, it's cringy and awful and awkward, but not in a fun, entertaining way all the time. I think I know what I'm doing later. But it's just, <laughs> and it's also just too damn long. How long is it? I thought it's like an hour, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, it's it's an hour, and that's way too long for something like that album. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I honestly almost listened to the entirety of Corey Feldman's album in one setting. The only reason I didn't was because I ran out of time before I had to do something else. Well, Corey Feldman's fun. Yeah, it's, like, it's stupid. Fun. It's, like, terrible. it's terrible. Okay, I don't know. I think we should talk about, stop talking about bad music, because this is, this is some good this music. Is, this, is, this, this is some good music, in my opinion. This is definitely the good album of this week. Actually, is it music? Is it is it podcast? I, it, think, it's, I think it's music podcast. His, his stuff is, it's a podcast, <laughs> but like, where they forgot to take the feed song off from underneath <laughs> it and just kind of keeps playing so it's technically it's an album. storytelling i'll give yeah. it that it's interesting storytelling and character time to go over the latest mark kozilek with ben boy and jim white album jim mark white Koz- the second mark kozilek with ben boy and jim white too the second mark kozilek mostly known as the front man and also solar member of Sun Kill Moon. At this point, formerly of Red House Painters, current era, currently in this era of his career where he's focused on storytelling and spoken word and being less melodic and singing, just just straight up rambling for for hours on end, releasing these hour plus projects that showcase a lot of character that are completely polarizing to a lot of people. Either you love it or you hate it. And even if you're a fan of his work, like it's still kind of the same. Like each album can be either you love it's or hate. touch or go. But my question is if he He's pretty much the only person in Sun Kill Moon anymore. Why does he just not release everything as Sun Kill Moon or Mark Kozlik? Like, pick one, just release. Why split it up like this all the time? Is there a reason behind it? Like, I, I think Brendan, that's a, there's. I like. I I understand why he would do it because you don't have too many releases on Sunder under Sun Kill Moon. Why not? So like sometimes when it's a collaboration like this, just like release it. Or like, like with Petra Hayden when that's like one specific. Yeah. I don't. But I don't, why? I don't know. Why? I don't know. I'm not. You think fucking like um, Frank Zappa understand. gave a shit? He released like a hundred goddamn albums. They were all under like Frank Zappa. The only time it was changed was when he still had Mothers of Invention with him, and that was Mothers of Invention. Then he kicked them all out. I was like, I'm Frank Zappa now, and he just released everything as Frank Zappa. <sighs> 
Uh, some hits under Mark Kozluk's belt has been 2014's Benji, 2017 Common is Light, and Love or Red Valley's Blood, my personal favorite. Uh, those both two albums had the replayability to come back to, the gripping story beats, the uh, the almost diaristic as storytelling. Um, but then you get into like uh, hit or miss. You have This Is My Dinner, uh, Mark Kozluk with Patriot when Joey's Always Smile, two albums I enjoy for their storytelling. But honestly, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't think at this current moment I'd return to. I think someday, yes, because I think the storytelling beyond LS works for mm-hmm. me. But uh, I, I just think there's flaws either in production or it, it isn't as innovative or uh, memorable or, or just kind of able to replayable. Ramble too much. Yeah, r- ramble, but also they don't have the replay value. Also, yeah. I Want to Die in New Orleans uh, with Donnie McCasson and Jim White was, uh, a, slog. was just a slog. Uh, Mark's personality is still there. The production was better. It's probably one of those better produced albums. But the stories just didn't, didn't really resonate. go anywhere. They didn't resonate sometimes they didn't really connect with themselves yeah but this this new album the second collaboration with ben boy who's a chicago-based multi-instrumentist jim white who's an australian drummer songwriter and producer drummer of the dirty three uh they come together for their second collaboration what they need to have a bath so they'll no longer be the The dirty three three. they'd be the clean three yeah Uh, i hate you um good (laughs) this new collaboration for them i i didn't know what to uh I didn't listen to the first one, so I was just interested. I, I, I Mark Kozlek fills this void. I, I realized this yesterday. He fills the same void that I have, like the same space, the same character space that I have for West Side Gun. <laughs> they they fill they repeat themselves in the same style a lot. Their character is undoubtedly just to them all, to their own. They're polarizing to a lot of people. They can have hits under the belt when they when they try. Um, not to say that they don't always put in their full effort into things, but it seems like a lot of times they get stuck in their own ways, and even that kind of makes it better in some aspects. Um, but they fill in the same space, and I I love I adore both of those two artists. See, I think Mark Kozlik is just so entertaining, and while he is pretentious beyond belief, I think he's just completely fucking fun. <laughs> I don't See, know. I had the same realization with a different artist, but my artist was a filmmaker, and I was like, oh, this is the musical equivalent to me of a Terrence Malick movie. Uh, Tree of Life. Yeah. So basically, how Terrence Malick is, A, he's super polarizing. I'm part of a Facebook group for like film nerds, and like literally some people like post a picture of like praising like Terrence Malick, then they'll get like bombarded with people just shitting on him. And then someone posts a picture like shitting on Terrence Malick, get bombarded with people just praising him. Yeah. He's super polarizing. His films basically do the same shit every time. Like it's the same poetic cinema with a lot of shots of grass that are moving around a lot. Stories that don't really fucking go anywhere. <laughs> Random tidbits that like don't make sense with the last scene. There's a moment in Tree of Life, which a movie I love by the way. Where it switches from like just a story of like some guy's childhood to boom, fucking dinosaurs, baby. <laughs> Don't fucking know why. Great movie though, love it. Um, and uh, I realized that not only do they feel like the same spot, like but like they have a lot of similar qualities. Yeah. Where the films are these long ass fucking films that sometimes feel like they're going nowhere, but just kind of cinematically rambling yeah but it's almost like the journey is the most important part and Um, sometimes they're really good like tree of life sometimes they're fucking dog shit like song of praise or whatever the fuck that's called his like second most recent which is a terrible film does pretty much the exact same thing that tree of life 
And um, fuck, uh, Kingdom of Heaven. No, that was one of his older ones. I don't remember what it's called, but it was like another film that like in between, pretty much doing the exact same things, but one of them was absolute shit. One of them was mediocre, and one was amazing. So, I I didn't know what to expect going into this, and honestly, what frontal. I really liked it. I did too. Here's here's my reviewing process. Okay, it's really interesting, and I I, I don't think I've done it like this way. I last time I reviewed uh, Mark Kozlik with Patriot Hayden, I was in the photo lab listening to it, so I was do, doing stuff with my hands. But it doesn't mean I wasn't taking notes, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean I was uh, uh, not critiquing it while I was going along. But it's a, a process where you don't like you could you can enjoy the music, let the music the, yeah. the the story sink into your brain, and enjoy them in that process. And I thought it was a way more enjoyable experience because like I have ADHD, so sometimes sitting with these long stories isn't the best. Um, but for this one, what I really liked is I was playing Minecraft during it with no sound. So I was just truly enjoying the album as it was. Mm. Um, but just having a menial task where it's just like, I've done this a thousand times, but just have like something. And then I took notes. So I had a notepad in front of me. So I have notes for this. It's not like I just played Minecraft and listened to it in the background. I was, I would stop. I would Mm. replay tracks. I would stop the Minecraft, which it, it tells you that this album truly impressed you, me. You were truly committed. I was truly committed to this review because I, I stopped playing Minecraft. But sometimes you can have work and fun. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I really enjoyed this. I think it's one of Mark's better outings. Not uh, a little bit more replayable build, replayable value. Mm-hmm. Um, a little more cohesiveness in the stories and how they play into each other and the general theme of sometimes uh, at this point he's just so incursed into his own meta that it's kind of hilarious yeah. uh, and he's he's even like recognizing the fact that he is and it, it just becomes uh, amazing yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I don't think if you haven't liked any Mark Kozlov or Sunco Moon projects in the past you're not gonna, you're not going to enjoy this one yeah, this but is a- this one has some has some funny beats uh, like walking in Auckland where he's talking about <laughs> there's a store where everything has a $4 price tag and he's like wow everyone's gonna freak out everyone's freaking out of this store because there's a $4 price tag <laughs> like he's just like he's getting really diaristic into uh, like a tracks like he normally does but just yeah. that one beat alone I just found so absurdly <laughs> stupid that it was amazing <laughs> just because it's like he was talking about just getting a computer back yeah, yeah. It, it was just so compelling and Charming to him. Yeah. Uh, he's talking about how getting photos of... He talks about photography a little bit on this and photos of uh, payphones for his book. He's talking about... That leads to him talking about how he would get uh, like an entire section dedicated to New Zealand <laughs> in their payphones. Uh, but then they're like talking like with some guy about how like neither of them under... Like what do you all actually know about New Zealand and they couldn't really come up they with anything. They're talking about the Concords <laughs> and then they said... He's talking about this like fantasy movie or television show but i can't think of the name right now it's like it's lord obviously of the, lord of the rings lord of the fucking rings. and it's amazing that like ignorance that he has no it's just like i love that or like so much the line like talk about photography is talking about like the bird who was like strand and they call like, the, the bradley the cooper bradley cooper, cooper. Of sparrows i wrote in important <laughs> notes uh lagardia uh it's probably one of the weaker tracks on here um i think there's some moments where he becomes a little bit too tired mm-hmm. uh too too a little bit bored in his own performance 
Um, but there's some also some amazing bits of like sporadic guitar uh, at times, like on LaGuardia, the second half has this like amazing acoustic guitar. The production across this whole album, I'm going to say is fucking amazing. Yeah. I it's, think it's, of, it's what you would expect from a Sun Coma yeah. project. But I would say that like of the three like albums I've reviewed of like Mark Kozlock between, um, I also want to die in New Orleans and Joey Smelt all have amazing production, but like, I think this is my favorite production of those three. I think, I think it, the inclusion of like the work of like Ben Boy and Jim White adds like a nice layer of like different instrumentations and textures that even though it's very simplistic and basic yeah but because i feel like he he's not too far out of his element but i think that's why i kind of enjoy um he's also a little bit more melodic at times Mm -hmm. which is nice um because i think he can be a little bit more melodic he doesn't always have to be straightforward talk and i think that also expresses a little more of the the genuineness in him yeah um he talks about a friend and him going to a boxing match uh that friend didn't want to stay in his apartment in New York or something. No, he didn't. I that one actually. I really like the story of this. Track. I like I the story, but I think the first half is very yeah. tired because like it seems to be. He's talking a lot about like memories that he wishes he could like leave behind yeah. sometimes, like his time in rehab and things like that. And so what he's talking about was like when he like starting to first blow up. Like his friend was like offering to let him stay at his place on his couch, like while he's like traveling, and but he just got started getting weird out by like his friend's other friend who was living there. Like, with him, he just got really weird out, so like, wanted to go to a hotel instead. And, like, the friend got, like, pissed at him, like, oh, you think you're better than me now because you're yeah. trying to blow up? And it was just kind of that weird moment, and all he was doing was, like, he was just really weirded out by this other guy because, like, he had a lot of money on him, and, like, he was, like, watching him undress, I guess, because yeah. he was, like, staying in the living room. He's just weirded out by the guy. Yeah. And then that also leads to, I think it's the same friend eventually dies, yeah. and uh, having a conversation with another friend saying that some of the missed call phone calls from that friend that Mark missed were him potentially trying to find his, his voice, not musically, but in real life, and then Mark makes the, the, the kind of tongue-in-cheek statement, he would have found his voice by album three. Yeah. Which... It's it's something that he regrets so hardly, but he's able to at least find some humor in this a tragic moment. Yeah. Uh, we go into the artist where he's talking about uh, a guy at like this deli counter, the sandwich making chef, who's, uh, the, who's just an artist. He a goddamn artist. He literally talks about this. This is like food porn in audio form for like three minutes. Yeah, and then it, it, it progresses to having him having a taxi conversation and getting like able to have a legitimate conversation with someone in the modern age, which yeah. he seems as an older individual seems like it's very hard to come by. And even when it's like kind of a boomerish statement, I think there's actually some genuinity in having two people, two people actually having, making a connection in uh, this type of scenario, which uh, I, I just got back from Chicago. I didn't have a conversation with any of my Uber drivers. So <laughs> Good job. there's some sentiment that's correct in this. Yeah. Um, you goddamn millennial piece of shit. Yeah, I have a piece of shit. I'm a, <laughs> always on your goddamn phones. I actually dropped my phone. It's down there. Always I'm, dropping I'm on my your paper go- notes. Always <laughs> dropping your goddamn phones and I'm, reading your papers. <laughs> I'm on my paper notes. Uh, there's a really interesting process. Uh, uh, moment where he's going through a bunch of old books he has and it's a book about grieving that he has and then that leads to the sentiment that he never read it because he doesn't believe grieving can be expressed through <laughs> reading a book and the process of grieving can be expressed through that mm-hmm. and it leads to a really weird um, just moment in spectacle and talking about various aspects of grieving and various aspects of how the books sentimentally relate to him it's just one of those diaristic moments that i just find really intriguing even though i think i don't really grip everything that's being said yeah uh chart enchiladas is amazing um 
it's essentially him comparing uh, a bunch of things to that are underdogs. Charn enchiladas are underdogs. Uh, prairie dogs are underdogs. Technically, yes. Uh, and the Mitsunis are underdogs. Uh, him and his friends can't list off. First of all, he lists off a ton of enchiladas. Yeah. Amazing. Just. Who doesn't love a good enchilada? Like, I, I think that's just hilarious. I think that's true form what I expect from Mark Kozlik project. It's yeah. just. <laughs> just. Taking a minute and just <laughs> talking about enchiladas. And it's completely stupid, but it, it's. It, Why is there the end, dinosaurs in my film? I don't know. Why is there a <laughs> fucking list of enchiladas in my album? I don't know. I like it. <laughs> uh, then he talks about how, like, bassoonists are underdogs. You can't name a fa- famous bassoonist. He talks to his musicians' friends. They all list off. I think his name's Pete Hannes. Uh, Paul Hansen is the one they recommend, and he calls him up, says, hey, can you do a solo on the song? And then the bassoonist shows up on the track, and it's amazing. It's just, it is truly fucking fun. Yeah. Like, it is just, you would say he's long-winded, but on this one, like, on a lot of these tracks, he connects points. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was missing on some of the Alba albums, even though his stories individually are fine, and he, he talks about his own meta. This one, he he gets around to points, especially in the next one. My brother loves seagulls. Such a good album song. Oh no, I was talking about oh, oh, yeah, talking yeah. about. Oh, well, my brother loves seagulls. Uh, kind of really back to the point. I always stuck in my mind is uh, on God bless so or yeah, God bless Ohio. Where he's talking about my brother dies. I'm gonna lay my bread in the broom, and it shows it shows that he has a emotional relationship with mm. his brother, and uh, it talks about the sentiment of. Losing his brother and him being distant, mm-hmm. but also uh, being super close. And even though there's an actual physical distance, they are legitimately close. And yeah. even though his brother may want some space, uh, but it's a nice sentiment of showing how much Mark actually cares and the emotional empathy you can express to him, which is really mm-hmm. nice. But the one I wanted to get to. Well, one thing I want to say about that track is there's a reference that he has um, to um, a movie called When Nietzsche Left. Which I don't know if you know anything about that movie or not. Except for what he said. Yeah. Um, so the the movie when Nietzsche wept is about Nietzsche and some doctor. I always forget the doctor's name. It doesn't really matter that much. Um, meeting to discuss and try to cure each other's like despair. So like Nietzsche's like has migraines and like he's obviously fucking Nietzsche. He's the master of like philosophical despair. And the doctor feels like disconnected and alone and tired and kind of just. It's about how like both of them have like their despair and their fondness and they both seem like these deeply unapproachable like masters of like philosophy and their thought process and kind of like how Kozlok his music kind of seems kind of unapproachable and it kind of by extension makes him seem a little unapproachable but like at the end like one of the things is on the lyrics was um in the movie was the doctor called Nietzsche a friend and Nietzsche was like taken back because had nobody had ever taken the time to call him a friend before that's something he never considered people would consider him to be it kind of ties into his whole like this is a song completely about connection with like another human being. And yeah. Even for somebody who seems like unapproachable. Uh, Will's Where's Gilroy? Is that what it is? Yeah, Where's Gilroy? Yeah, I my, I can't read my own handwriting. Of course. Um, not. Yeah, because I'm stupid. Yeah. Uh, because I I don't need to write in real life. I have phone to do that. But sometimes you damn millennial. Sometimes you need to play. Phones. Sometimes you need to take quick notes while you're playing Minecraft. You damn millennial. Uh, with your phones in your Minecraft. <laughs> I was gonna make he's, a joke. He's talking but about the sen- probably best I don't. He's talking about the sentiment of getting older. He says if he reaches sixty, he made a final chapter. If he reaches eighty, he's living on borrowed time. 
he's he's truly acknowledging the fact that he's getting old in there and there's a truly acceptable sentiment of aging and shows mm-hmm. you that he's actually attainable in some aspects even though yeah. his his verboseness his uh his long-windedness is truly unmatched yeah uh but there's also this long bit about the el paso or no the Dilroy shooting and the el paso shooting later on and the dayton shooting, shooting. um but he's talking he's in this coffee house after the global shooting he's trying to talk to people about it and no one knows one which shooting yeah general reflection of where we are in society Mm because no one knows which shooting it was two where's gilroy uh it's truly absurdist approach to modern gun violence yeah and that's kind of it it's completely hits the nail on the head of actually where we are. There's so many mass shootings and there's so many, uh, they're so widespread in their news coverage that it becomes hard to kind of attain where the place they actually are is in yeah. relation to connection. Um, then he talks about uh, the El Paso shooting uh, and being at a festival and being scared at the festival because yeah. of the El Paso shooting. And scared at Walmart. And then going talking about the Dayton shooting, which is in Ohio, which Mark's from. And he says, oh, I love going to music festivals. I love going to Walmart. I love going to Ohio. Ohio. And those little things also relate to me and him having a conversation with the sister, um, both being scared yeah. in that general sense of like they're both right in their scaredness, but like almost showing this like almost uniformly fear for various different reasons. Yeah. Um, then leading to some guy trying to say it's all Trump's fault, which in that sense kind of is, it's, but um, not really. It, in Trump, a, in a grand scheme, like I'm not going to get no. pol- political, but like it, it's not all. It's not his it's, fault that it exists. It's his fault that nothing's being done. To yeah, that's which could you say you could say that makes it all as well. Well, in a general scheme, in a general, like Mark says in this very thing, like. Mass violence is kind of an inherent aspect. And then he talks about the shootings that happened under, uh, I must have biting, but Obama and and Bush and Clinton and Carter and how like just violence going literally back to the founding of America. It was founded on mass violence and mass murder. Yeah, And then he says to the sentiment of I'm also anti-government Trump, but I also believe. But do you believe if Joe Biden was elected president? And he like, would, it would change, or if you believe Joe Biden was president, it would be any different, which is very, very on point for where we are right now after, yep. after a certain Tuesday, after super Tuesday. Uh, and then it, it, it talks about at the end, he sees a skunk, which there was a skunk in the first track of, I also want to die in new Orleans. Right. Uh, yeah. I think that was, so I, I, that was the only reason I wrote not that down. Yeah. I just thought that was a, a weird and current thing. Talking about how cute skunks are walking <laughs> away and sticking his ass towards them. And then August night is the most long winded track on here. But the purpose of Mark didn't write anything down beforehand. Mm-hmm. He's truly been building up his career to this point for where he just has nothing. And he just goes, goes, he completely goes. Yeah. Which kind of fits because in the track, Where's Gilroy right beforehand. Yeah. He's making lines about like, where's, where's this the song? song going? <laughs> Where does any song go? 
and this kind of fulfills it. It's just like it's this long slog of just so many ideas and him talking about the music and like, oh, I like this bass. This guitar makes me feel nice. And then I like the, my own uh, acoustics mm-hmm. and the melody, the harmonies I'm doing in the background. It's a truly just him just being the biggest version of himself yet, which doesn't make the most interesting track, no. but it makes it just a fun experience <laughs> to just see. It's like interesting, but also slightly makes me worried. It's like, is the next album going to be just 100% improvised on the cross the entire album? And if so... Holy fuck. Was that ever going to be amazing or terrible? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I uh, I like this album a lot, actually. Um, this is... The more more I'm talking about this album, I'm always a little bit hesitant about some Kill Me albums, because when we come to the year on reviews, I, I like them in their set place, mm-hmm. but I, I also feel like I don't... It's sometimes don't, hard to put them on at the end of the year list. Yeah, I, I don't return to them in the much, but, like, honestly, this was such a fun experience. Yeah. Um... And I have so many notes from it that, uh, and I think it's so concurrent and just uh, in a well sectioned bubble where it's not in the territory of his top two mm-hmm. albums by any means, where he's using a similar style. I think I honestly enjoy this as one of his more better projects, yeah. and I think there is replayable ability about uh, replayability to it, even though it's a long winded slog. Yeah, I listened to this one a bunch of times. Uh, Keep in mind that all scores are futile and meaningless right now. I'm thinking this is like an eight plus. Yeah, this is an eight and a half. Yeah. Uh, this is a central project. A central project. Yeah. And I enjoyed this a lot. Speaking of which, you forgot to mark um, Wreckmeister Harmonies as an essential project on the YouTube thing. I think I did. I wrote it in my own personal notes. <laughs> oh. Well, you need to mark it down on YouTube so that people who don't watch the videos and only read the description will know that's an essential project. <laughs> Speaking of bitch, <laughs> time to go over the latest <laughs> Theory of a Dead Man album. That's more costly. Theory of a Dead Man album. Say, Say nothing. nothing. <sighs> this was one of the most enjoyable albums I've ever listened to. All for bad reasons. <laughs> this is the true so bad it's good kind of album. That we were talking about earlier I, a little bit. I, this album... It's close. I'll give it that. It's close. Only put, I but here's the thing. laughed my fucking ass off listening to this album. <laughs> I, just, I just don't think it has a grander place in it, a lot of things. It, it doesn't have a place <laughs> in the music industry as a whole. But in my fucking heart, this album has like a permanent spot right next to like The Room and fucking like I don't the, think it's that I think you're overselling it. No, it, there is so many things like this is like if you just listen to this album like straight like just not really paying that much attention to it the way most people probably do. It's a it's a pretty bad mediocre. But the moment you like sit down and analyze every decision that they made, the more you realize this is a fundamentally broken in every aspect album in every way that makes it just funnier. From their weird decisions on, like, production, including a bunch of random high-pitched, like, vocals in the background on, like, fucking every track, to their random-ass fucking switch-ups in every album, to their attempts... Every at, album? Or every, every, tr- every track, basically. To their weird attempts at grandeur that make no goddamn sense for albums that are fucking stupid, or tracks that are stupid. This whole album's stupid. Every album by Fury of a Dead Man's pretty stupid. Have but, you listened to them all? Not all of them, but... 
a shocking amount of them. Oh, that's more than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, they're just really, they're dumb. Okay. But so Theory of Dead Man, Canadian post grunge, hard rock, alternative rock band featuring Tana Kali on lead vocals and guitar, Dave Brenner on guitar, Dean Black on bass, and Joey D'Angelo. Dan, 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 I'm not going to pronounce Dan, his name right. He releases a bad album. Drums <laughs> on drums. They're signed to, signed to Chad Kroger's 604 Records. So Chad, if that gives you. Chad Kroger of Nickelback. Fame. If that gives you any indication. Um, so of the, the Spider-Man soundtrack. Thing. I like. I actually like the Spider-Man. That's, a, that's, song. A that's probably his best. Song. That's his best best song. That's his best one because <laughs> it's for Spider-Man. <laughs> it's not the pizza song. Though. No, Spider-Man Two pizza song. That's the best Spider-Man uh, song. Um, I know them from my childhood. I never listened to a full album. I know them from my childhood because they were in Fahrenheit and Indigo Prophecy, which I played as like eleven, and it had the songs "No Way Out" and "Santa Monica," which I think are, are they're they're not they're they're passable bad <laughs> pop rock tunes. I'm not going to say they're good, but they're passably bad. They're fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, they did music for WWE. They did a remix of the iconic Deadly Game theme from Survivor Series 1996, which is... <laughs> it's it's interesting. They also did No Chance in Hell, which I actually kind of preferred to the original No Chance in Hell of its command scene. But they also have such famous singles as I Hate My Life which includes just basic complaining about literally everything without saying anything. Like, I hate my job, you know, my boss is a dick. Like, okay, that doesn't... Okay. And then, like, I hate my wife, I hate that bitch. Just, like, stupid shit like that. And then you have um, Medicate, a track whose chorus is, I am so fucking bored, nothing to do with it today. Guess I'll just sit around and medicate, which is about getting high. And then it has this great moment where he's just saying like everybody's high right now the preacher's high right now the president's high right now just basically just listing random people saying hi right now and it's just it's stupid it's attempt at like this grand statement about how everybody in the world is just bored and high but it comes across as um fucking stupid (laughs) so this is my idea this is a me idea because I saw in the in the Metacritic list of out, upcoming albums. I'm like, yes, this is this is this is the trash I've been looking for. I didn't listen to any songs. I just knew it was gonna be bad. I mm-hmm. just I just I was just really interested in seeing what this was gonna be. Wait, this was your idea? Yeah, it was. This is more. I was the one who really pushed this. I one put it in the notes. Yeah. <laughs> I pushed this. One I was gonna skip it to. for the longest time just because we. I was pushing it, it to but get you it. were pushing it. I'll give you that. So originally it was my idea, which means I get all the praise. You got you. You started the idea, but I really ensured that it. Uh, I ensured the follow. Why is this album bad? <laughs> Every well, reason. <laughs> well, it is literally the mashup of everything that has been terrible with pop rock in a similar manner to what green day did <laughs> of the last decade i'm talking about you got some sounds that sound like they're from train you got your imagined dragons but way less grandiose you have singing that sounds like it's an fucking american idol audition <laughs> like I, there's i have demons so i have been randomly just watching a bunch of like cringy American Idol compilations and like X Factor compilations because I get bored and I have demons. Um, and there are fucking auditions on here that are like, they're bad auditions, but they do the same shit vocally that they're doing on this album a lot. Like weird pitch placements, weird, like shifting of their vocals, weird, like flows and deliverance of their yeah. like lyrics that like, it's very clear that like, 
they don't have a backing track to guide them. But the difference is they do on this album. And so the fact that they can't even like stay with like a good rhythm doesn't make any goddamn sense. So that's that's literally the vocals and the production are literally the first layer to this the first to, layer. to the shitty three tier wedding cake. No, there's a lot more tiers than three. I, I think I think basically because quintessentially you, you what get the makes- you have the basics of like their production and their vocals. Like oh okay, these are all just bad sounding and cliched sounding. Then you get the second tier of their production, which is the fucking decisions of mashing these things together like you have in like black hole in your heart like the big grandiose fucking violin and then like randomly switching to like rocked and like weird like trap like shit with their fucking like hi-hats you have history of violence which is this like basic grander wannabe larger than life fucking like rock ballad and then you have his fucking like get high on yourself you can barely breathe fucking delivery out of goddamn nowhere we have fucking just everything in this album seems like it was calculated to be as bad as possible without turning into 93 punks, which is are like that level of bad. Right? It wants to be bad to where you can almost, if you're not paying attention, think it's passable. But then you actually focus on it and you're like, oh, wait a second. Everything here is wrong, incorrect on a fundamental so, level. In my opinion, second layer of the shitty three tier wedding cake is uh the lyricism just being cheesy it's but wait let me finish but the last year <laughs> is what the lyricism actually tries to portray mm-hmm. and the fact that the cheesiness given in the performance in the actual written lyricism tries to be something more depthful mm-hmm. and that's that's the shitty wedding cake the it's- shitty theory of a dead man wedding there's, cake there's a lot more that i just want to that i just want to smash because I think those three basic tiers like are what carry this down, and you can add like a bunch of additional arches, but those are just splitting up the tiers. <laughs> it's just this album is a f- it's a clusterfuck. It really is. And one thing I find hilarious: every this album makes me laugh so goddamn hard when I listen to it. Oh, it's cringy as beyond. It's belief. cringy as hell. It's what I wanted from Hollywood Undead. It, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's but like. This album's... I'm going to just split... This album's a zero. Oh, yeah, it is. It's un- Actually, unfounded doubt. I've, I've been debating if I wanted to give this album a zero or a negative eight because I get the enjoyment factor of this is I get, like, an eight album, but for all the wrong reasons. It's a big old zero. It's, it's a zero. It's like, it's... No, no, no. But unlike Green Day Zero, where, like, it was just so mediocre and flawed that it just killed me inside. But I also feel like it was a larger stance where yeah. one Green Day was at, one where the music industry is yeah. at. It's like one of those flawed things where it showcases a larger thing of what it is. Yeah. But it isn't like like Green Day had that, but it wasn't like super noteworthy bad musically, like something like Logic making an indie album on Supermarket, yeah. Vic Mensa making a punk album with HR on 93 and punks. Some dude from Good Charlotte for some reason. And Just, also the guitarist from fucking Rage Against but the like, Machine. Or like even like a Corey Feldman where it's like so notably bad that it becomes. I, I have a hard time giving this a, a essential atrocity. I It has aspects. For me, I think it's funny and this like enjoyably cringy at times, but I also think this, uh, the... <sighs> sitting through it 
Oh, I've listened. To, I've probably listened to this album a good like six times. I fucking hate you. I it's I, fucking. I've listened to it a big old one time, and then I rewrote some notes. No, I listened to this album. The first here's literally how I listened to this album. I listened to like the first track on like the ride home. And yeah, was, you like, told me was, the, the Rust story we talked. No, about. not that that time. I was oh. talking like once I was actually going to review this album oh. like, post that story. So I listened to this first track. I was driving home. I had listened to the entirety of the Hollywood Undead album, and I only had time for one more track, and this one was just next on the playlist. So I listened to it, and I was like, this is fucking hilarious. <laughs> this is hilariously bad, because it post-Rust, this album is torture. Yeah. But, like, post-anything else that's not... Post-any-Rust is torture? <laughs> anything post-Rust is torture. Yeah, po- post-literally anything that's, like, not so goddamn boring and wants me to fucking die... <laughs> This album's fucking hilarious. So <laughs> I listened to this song and I was like, this is fucking amazing. This is the this is the pinnacle of just comedic songwriting. And, and, not in even some ways, I'll comedic. give them this. They outdo Green Day with amalgamating so much, but like yeah. they gave it more effort unintentionally. Unintentionally. Then Billy Joel can But every time I listen to this album, I had to like listen from the very beginning because I have to take in everything. As much as I can in one setting. Because every time I re-listen to it, I hear a new detail that is just so fucking stupid and misguided <laughs> that it makes me just laugh all over I, again. I can understand that. I listened to this album once all the way through and I just immediately started it <laughs> over again. Because this album just makes me fucking laugh so goddamn hard. And I get so much enjoyment out of this album for all of just the wrong reasons that I love it. I'm so glad you, 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 I, I dropped my phone. I don't need fucking notes. I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> the fact that you admitted on camera that you listened to it, enjoyed it so much that you listened to it again. Because it's so oh. bad. It's so hilarious. Because I know. I know. I'm not I'm just saying this is where we're at. <laughs> This is this is this may be the peak of your your music critiquing career. Yeah. If you even critique, uh, if we if you validate us our opinions as critiques, this is the peak. This is this is it. This is it. I just want you to acknowledge that. Let me put this. I have literally never listened. I never. Dead Kennedys favorite band of all time up there like Shushu and Dead Kennedys are like, constantly finding out for number one. I have never in my life for I have these bands listened to one of their albums and then immediately restarted. <laughs> Never. I have always taken a break, maybe listened to like a little bit of a different album or just taken a general break in general and then going back. I did that with Forget. I listened to Forget. I took a break, then went back and replayed it. I've never even done that with my favorite album of all time, Trout Mask Replica. A, because that's a fucking impossible album to do that with. It's just the way that album works. Doesn't matter, though. This album is the only album in probably my entire life I have listened to and then immediately felt the need to restart it. Let me... I think we're... We need to get some some actual critiques here. Are you ready? No, 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 no. no, no. This re- album doesn't deserve. Actually, it kind of does. No, it doesn't. Uh, by critiques, I mean I want to actually read some of their words oh. against them and describe some of these tracks Honestly, because, like, part us- of me wants to do that, and part of me wants to just say, "Go and listen to this on your own," <laughs> because nothing I say will ever do justice for how fucking hilariously bad this album is. I'm going to read them off anyway. Okay, Vincent's doing it. I so, do not support this. Side. History of Violence is talking about domestic violence and Me Too movement, but it's completely 
a detach from the factor that it's it's completely hilarious. Like it just doesn't seem like it has any place to be talking about any of these issues. Especially, and I'm this is gonna be one thing I say. Especially when you just go a couple tracks later and you get the song Ted Bundy, which is a bizarre romanticization of like Ted Bundy and his murders. You cannot put those two tracks on the same album together. Period. And expect people to not point that out. That that's a ginormous breach of like major hypocrisy. Affluenta says, at school they made fun of my clothes. Had a matching shirt and slacks. Yeah, mom made me those rich kids or mom made those rich kids small rich kids smiling to ear to ear. Catch them saying, smells like broken here. Okay. I'm getting paid, but it's hard to flex when you ain't got four zeros at the end of your checks. My dad worked hard for a roof overhead. He never got us gifts. He gave us love instead. <laughs> it's but wait, I'm not done. Let me get to the point of why I'm saying this. We just buying things we can't afford and barely getting by should we thank the lord for all the things we don't have we're all so broke yeah face the fact this talk is tracks talking about poverty uh the um wealth disparity Mm -hmm. and uh at the same time it's done by probably a really wealthy white guy or a very uh well-established white guy yeah who seems so distanced out. <laughs> like, even if he had past history of being poor, it makes what he's saying now seem so detached and hilariously clingy. And to the point where it's just so unremarkably just mis. Un- like, it has a good intention, yeah. but it completely doesn't understand that it should be saying what it is. And that's what makes it so hilarious. And the fact. One thing I'm going to bring up was like, smells like broken here. If that's the worst thing people said to you in high school, congratulations. Like, you got out of there fucking shockingly well. Like, Atlanta literally did an entire episode dedicated to the idea of how people treat people who are, like, poorer than them. And it really hit the nail on the head where, like, a kid was basically driven to suicide by it. And then your thing for, like, how bad it is is, smells like broken here. I said worse things to that to people in high school. As a joke, like not even like to be a bully, like just joking with friends. Uh, Stranger says the left wing and right wing are flexing the fight. Afraid to speak out when we know the same. <laughs> our thoughts and our prayers, they don't help of, help if we got them. Time to change it. We are all like <laughs> we are all living like strangers. We aren't living like neighbors no more. No love, only anger. <laughs> It is just such a detached wants to be this huge ballad about how we should just come together, but it has no idea what any of the issues no. are going on in the world are. This is the most white liberal bullshit privilege, privilege, white privileged ass liberal bullshit I've ever heard in my life. We're just like, if we were all kinder to everybody. Everything be okay. Quicksand is What's just institutionalized racism. Quick quicksand is just the shape of you rip off. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah. There's, there's nothing more to that. It just mm-hmm. sounds like you took a shitty song by Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Uh, someone who also seems detached from so much of society. And you uh put isolated his isolation, his echo chamber. You replicated an echo chamber, and it just is it's just completely <laughs> I don't know. I think it's hilarious. I think it's just so uh, just a, a grab. 
<laughs> modern music sense in trying to create something that would be a single, but it just fails in every rare art. White boy has the oh, lyricism God. of ain't no singer, ain't no saint, just a white boy spit and slang. Ain't no problem, ain't no thing to cause me. We all the same. We ain't no different now. We all the same. And that's a song um, that you learn literally right at the very beginning is about uh, Charlottesville. And, you know, neo-Nazis existing again, or well, not again, just being prevalent in, like, day-to-day life and politics again. Um, and that's that's their great, great takedown of that issue is, um, ain't no, fa- here's why this isn't no fang to you, because you're fucking white. It's all good, Taz. It all started on a Saturday night. This is the closing track, by the way. Yeah, this so is- after all the political trauma where they've tried to unrest, this is how they close it. It all started on a Saturday night. We got to drinking, but we we're talking. Uh, we're taking our time. A couple beers, and now I'm starting a fight. I'll keep this up. You'll have to drag me home. If I keep this up, I'll dra- you have to drag me home. I'm getting needy, and I'm calling you darling. You feel the same until your friends, they come calling. If you need me, I'll be ASMRing. I, yeah, that line. I'm way hilarious. too faded to be hanging, though. But it's all good. It's all good. The song's literally about the sentiment of just, just being super drunk and everything in the world's fine. It's just, but like, they've, there's been political turmoil. They've tried to unrest from their weird ass privileged perspective. And this is just like That's it's all note. good. You don't get the rip my note. No, I'm, I'm ripping. You don't get the rip I'm, my I'm, note. I'm ripping. Son of a notes. bitch. Uh, I don't have anything else to say. I don't. I think this has gone too long. This album, it's, it's, it's hilariously bad. If I wanted I, honestly, to take honestly, the time and critique, Jonathan, this. you win. You win. This is a, a central atrocity. You yeah. get it. I don't. I, don't I could literally wrong. spend more time than the actual length of this album explaining everything wrong with this album because you would literally have to go like beat by beat through this album and explain it because there's so many sudden changes that just make bad tracks worse. And there's so many weird decisions that just make no goddamn sense. Not just lyrically, which there's so much fucking going on wrong up there, but musically. The fact that in the fucking chorus of like the first one, when he says great big black hole in your heart, you get this hype going ah! like over the fucking background for no goddamn reason, except for one of the choruses where it's not. And then you just have these random bits where there's just like high pitching. You have a f- pretty sure it was quicksand. Where, like, the chorus of it, he just starts fucking going pitch shifting all over the place while he's trying to say the chorus, and it's terrible. There's so many bad decisions on this that aren't so fucking glaring, like, on the surface that you're just like, oh, wow, this is a terrible album. You get, you can tell it's a bad album just listening to it. You don't understand fully how bad it is until you truly <laughs> devote yourself you to You have to, to have study. a high IQ to understand this. You bad. have to devote yourself to the studying of this album to understand just how truly You gotta listen two times back to back. <laughs> Maybe, to be no, honest. No, because I, I, got, I got the gist. It's a, I know this is bad. This is a hilariously, beautifully awful album. <laughs> Keep and, in mind those scores if you're telling me those right now. At this current moment, I think this is a big, big zero. It is a is a is a uh, large void in which theory of dead men throw their idea of what what liberalism is, but have no uh, in, 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 like any idea of what it actually means or any sentiment actually behind it. So it just seems super detached. So it's a detached void of like an echo chamber. This is a, a, a zero in quality, but an eight in entertainment. No, this is a fucking 10 in entertainment. I don't think I get 10 level album entertainment out of this, but it's a zero in quality. 
It's a, it's a central atrocity. This is this is the rare negative ten. <laughs> And that's it. That's it's it rarer than a regular 10, which is already very rare. Well, you know what's funny? I've been thinking about this. I haven't give, given anything a nine this year so far, but I've given a shit ton of zeros. <laughs> shit ton of zeros, shit ton of ones, which is one is the essentially a, just a nine, a bad. Yeah. I've given a ton of ones, a ton of zeros, but I have never given a nine. And like I haven't given a ten during this entire period, so I'm not super surprised. But I haven't given anything nine. I've given one nine. Yeah, that was Wreckmeister harmonies. So good year, bad year, beautifully awful year. I don't know. We have there's some competition for the worst. There's and even like even the unessent like even the unessential atrocities. Mm-hmm. Like you got you got like Bieber's in there, and that's just like. Avoid. <laughs> you got Russ. Uh, there's just there's uh, two chains. Last compilation uh, was just such a honestly a crippling. If this year keeps going, our end of the year will have to be like it will have to be like fifty. It'll albums. have to be inverse. We'll have to do like yeah. So these are our fifty worst <laughs> albums, and these are our ten best albums, and that's all we could come up. With. <laughs> That's it for this week's episode of Anthony Touch. Or maybe next week on music. Actually, there's good music this week. So there was one good album this week, yeah. and there was it was a really one good album. amazingly bad album. That was album was amazing. So uh if you want to follow us on social media at Anthony Todd on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you can find us patreon.com forward slash the Anthony Todd show if you want to support us monetarily. Um maybe we'll like if you give us enough money on Patreon, we'll we'll develop a master class into how you can truly understand how terrible the stereo of a dead man album is. Well, if we'll, we'll, we'll Patreon and we will make a video where we literally just listen to the album in real time or like together and then we'll pause and we'll just dissect. Actually, it actually I'm thinking we're, we're, we're far behind that beyond that point. I think we should honestly start up a Kickstarter mm-hmm. for creating like an actual master class into <laughs> dissecting the album. <laughs> Pitch it to right state. Let's no, not not like right state would be like oh, if, if if there was any cent of money, right state would be like I don't give a fuck, just do it. <laughs> just like as long as we get some internal revenue being embezzled into our uh, board of trustees, our college class will be more legitimate than Trump. You, because <laughs> you'll actually learn something. Our master class, not a college class. No. It's a, a master class, basically, just a college. That's all Trump U basically was, was a master class in nothing. <laughs> Find us out. It's Poppy a master and- class in being the victim of fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Both the victim and technically the perpetrator. Because you gave your own money of to free will. Trump. Yeah. Which you should have just known at that point. They probably bought Trump steak too. I want to know, like, I bet that was like terrible, but like, what for pa- Trump steak or Trump you? I want, I want, I want. I, part of me wants to think that like Trump steak, like I never had it, but part of me hopes it was like, 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 <laughs> just like it was all right. So, like that was from the one what I've heard. It was just really mediocre. Cuts. Okay, like the so, most like a basic <laughs> mediocre. But steak like cuts. the thing I would find the most absurd. In that, if it was, that was the one thing Trump was just actually all right in. That just was like it was just it was just it was just cut to the center. I was like, okay, could you imagine if that was that, that was the one all right? No, that thing. timeline where like Trump was actually like a fucking like masterclass chef, like Gordon Ramsay level, 
but he was just forced to be a businessman. And this is just him acting out because he didn't get to follow his dream. <laughs> kind of like Hitler being an artist. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so just Hitler being an artist. Except Hitler wasn't a good artist. Well, Trump wasn't a good chef. But I'm saying, like, what if? Maybe it already happened. Maybe. Maybe he made each of those individual steaks. Oh, my God. He seasoned himself. This is really we get into weird, like absurdist points of view in society and like Uh history that are just too close to where I want to be at this current moment after a certain particular Super Tuesday. Um, Patreon or not Patreon, Podbeam, Podcast, Google Play Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher. If you want to follow the Anthony or if you want to find the Anthony Tacho on your favorite podcast browser, just search the Anthony Tacho on whatever podcast browser you use. Except for maybe iHeartRadio. We're not on that because I think and title. I think those are pretty exclusive, but maybe one day. Actually, probably not because I don't. I don't give. I, Fuck, I heard. There's radio. so many. There's so many better podcast apps. Yeah, that are available in all like devices. Pornhub. <laughs> if if Pornhub, Pornhub, if Pornhub's like, hey, I need your, we're submitting podcast. I need your RSS feed. I would kindly give it to him. Mm-hmm. I would have no problem with that because yeah. that's just expanding the audience to its natural like, progression. Again, like I said last week, we should just put our podcast videos on Pornhub and then monetize. I, here's them. the thing. I, 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 we would probably actually do all right. I'm, I'm not going to, that's, that's a whole entire you idea. I'll give you the files. You, you handle that particular business. Fuck it. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Find us on Pornhub soon. I guess maybe. <laughs> Can you upload? Do you need like? Uh, yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like people uh, have like special profiles on yeah. Pornhub. Um, that's it. This has been a, a, a amazing episode. So I really enjoyed this. It's fun doing the Anthony Todd show. Sometimes, um, sometimes it can be fun. Sometimes it's not just a chore. Uh, next week's the driving here is a fucking chore. Next week, but you get more time to listen to Theory with Dead Man. That is, I, that is what I listened to on the way here. I I don't have anything else to say. I'm Vincent. He's Jonathan. And uh, I don't think we should trust you with like sharp objects. I followed that up with a fucking power violence album. I don't think we should touch you with anything. I don't know. At this point. I think we should literally just give you. I think I'm just mentally becoming more and more unhinged every day. I think we should start giving you Hulk hands and glue them to your hands so you can't hurt yourself. Can you get the cool ones though where you can like cut a cup in it so I can still drink? No. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. No, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like. Oh, fuck. That's a, there's a line from Hollywood that dead Charlie 40 hands. It's about taping like beer, like 40s to your oh, head. Is that where it comes from? Yeah. I, I knew I knew something about that, but. Uh, or Edward. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, what was the thing? What if what if there was like a Hulk hand, but instead of the cup holder, it was like a shot? Fuck yeah. <laughs> that would just be stupid. That That's like the type of absurdism I want to get into. But we're done with this episode. See you guys next week. Until guys, I'm Vincent. He's Jonathan. I'm insane. Don't trust him with sharp objects. Don't trust me in general.